1: I mean, let's be honest about something here. This show, this pairing, myself and Brady Quinn, we do something nobody else does, and we'll explain what that is coming up here in just a couple of moments from now. He is Brady Quinn. I'm Jonas Knox. This is Outkick the Coverage here on Fox Sports Radio. You can hang out with us, as always, on the iHeartRadio app and on hundreds of Fox Sports Radio affiliates, wherever you are making us a part of your day after and morning after fourth of july and who knows maybe it's still a continuation from fourth of july we appreciate you doing so we're going to take you all the way up until 9 a.m eastern time six o'clock pacific right here on fox sports radio and we will do so with that man himself the one the only brady quinn
0: you better believe it's a continuation for some people out there jonas some people get to observe july 4th since it fell on a sunday on a Monday, and this is not a loophole. I, I, it's not like you know, someone's getting a fast one on everyone else. I like it. I like the fact that when a holiday like this falls on the weekend, we still get uh, some businesses, all right, will, will observe that Monday as a day off to observe the actual holiday itself. So I don't know how you feel about it. I'm all for it. I uh, had a wonderful July 4th. I hope yours was, uh, was great as well. Uh, although I, I did realize that at this point in time in my life, a lot's changed when it comes to holidays and really what I look forward to.
1: Well, what's the problem? Were you not able to uh, get as banged up as you wanted to? I mean, I well, that's
0: that's uh, the, that's the first issue. Yeah, yeah. that's the first issue. I, I, have, I have to ensure that all my kids survive, right? That's that's part of parenthood, and hopefully <laughs> thrive more than than even that. But you know, what, what I what I got was this epiphany that hit me. You know. And as the fireworks are going off and you've got the music playing in the background and I'm sitting there, instead of thinking, as I'm holding my two older daughters, instead of enjoying it the moment, my first thought was, oh, God, I need to put together an an escape plan because if I don't get out of here It's going to take us forever. They're already up way past their bedtime. That's going to be a nightmare trying to handle them sitting in a car, driving home, but in bumper-to-bumper traffic. Like That's crying. That's everything I don't want in my life right now. I immediately hugged each one, kissed them, put them on my wife Alicia's lap, and I said, Dad's going to go get the car ready, <laughs> okay? Oh, okay? And I get went out, out got there. the car, positioned it, everything. But it, it, it's all about the getaway now. It's, it's not even about the event. It's about the getaway now.
1: Yeah, I didn't even realize. I I'd, I'd never put two and two together when it came to. All right, because here's a little behind the scenes for people. Um, out here on the West Coast, it's 3 a.m., so I get up at around midnight because I want to work out and I want to get the blood flowing and I want to start to, you know, getting some energy so that I can do the show. Well, the fireworks aren't done out here until like 915. So I already realized, all right, I'm, I'm going to be working on a quick two hour nap, quick turnaround, whatever. I'll sleep later on if I can. No big deal. I didn't factor in the traffic thing. Like that, I I never even I never thought of that, and it reminded me. One year, we did uh, for the Super Bowl, and I think it was you and I did the post game show because it was the (laughs) Sunday night, and I think I think it was Patriots Falcons, and it went to it was the game that went to overtime, yeah, and I didn't factor in oh, there's going to be an S-load of traffic because the Super Bowl just got done. And I like, was almost late to the studio because of how many cars were on the road because I didn't plan ahead like, oh, well, you know, I got to watch the end of the game and then, I'll, and then I'll get on the road. I wanted to watch the end of the game. By the time you get on the road, the traffic's a disaster and I could just see cars already piling up. It was pure chaos. People are lighting off fireworks even after the official fireworks are off. We're talking mortar bombs, all sorts of stuff. Roman fire, candles. Oh, yeah. everything. Uh, fire trucks are buzzing through the streets they're, they're, you know they got the sirens on you got ambulances going everywhere so i don't I there apparently uh were some issues out here because people are a little rusty since they weren't lighting off fireworks a year ago working yeah, out the king's yeah. well, I,
0: I, I can't speak for how things operate in california because when you start bringing up super bowls i think of my experience last year okay and, and obviously in tampa it was opened up to a degree to a degree but um it, it was opened up not, not a full capacity but it was nice however There was still the issue of traffic, and I'll never forget because I had to work uh, the game. I obviously was there throughout the entire day beforehand, and then I ended up um, doing like a pregame halftime show for another network I work for, and they told me at that point that I could go home. They're like, no, 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 you're good. You know, Go back. You got this radio show. You got to do all this stuff, so I came back to work our radio show. I get a call from one of our producers. He's like, we're going to need you to come back. Do you think you can get back? I was thinking to myself, first off, like you've been to a Super Bowl before. You know how bad the traffic is, and you know if I try to, one, get there between now and then, Uh, I'm not going to make it for postgame. And on top of that, I'm not going to make it back to be able to do radio in the first place which is what we talked about the whole time. <laughs> and, and then beyond any of that too there's the whole security standpoint that you can't get back into the stadium. <laughs> right, That's right. not how it works. And like no once, yeah, once you're gone, you're gone, man. And he was he was a little frustrated and upset. I'm thinking to myself this is this is logic. Like everyone knows this. You've worked this game before. What do you think I'm going to do? It's harder to get back into the Super Bowl than it probably is into this country. You know, as far as getting past Border Patrol or something. So I- I'm sitting there going, I- I'm going to have to pull some strings to make this happen. Then I'm going to miss radio, and I don't want to do that. So well, at the end of the day, it-, it-, it very much felt like last night was my Super Bowl. And it was like an MVP performance. And positioning the cars, blocked some people in, put some blinkers on. And I kid you not, as soon as the fireworks ended, I grabbed the bags, scooped up one of my girls, and we were running. We were just running to sprint in to jump into the cars. And we were off. And everything went as smoothly as possible. So well, okay. it worked out well.
1: All right. Did Did you have a chance to watch? Uh, did you watch any baseball yesterday? I was For some reason, I just watched a bunch of random baseball games. I don't know why. Because it, it felt like Fourth of July. Fourth of July feels like a yeah, baseball holiday.
0: Well, I mean, you watched well, baseball. I, I watched Joey Chestnut yeah, of course. You know, of course create you some history.
1: That's that guy, what I watched that, that guy <laughs> that barf bag what do you, what do you do 76 hot dogs 76 in 10 20 22,
0: over 22,000 calories.
1: boy, what an athlete boy boy just that, that's impressive stuff uh, just the the human garbage disposal the guy just shoves food in his mouth
0: for a living and everybody. speaking of. can you imagine what that looks feels insane. like like later?
1: Oh, it's, disgu- it, it's disgusting. It's revolting, yeah. man. Well,
0: you talked about Andre the Giant. You told a story about Andre the Giant in a hotel. Yeah. Joey Chestnut probably uses a bathtub as well.
1: Yeah, Andre the Giant's too big uh, for the toilets in the hotel, so back in the day he would buy two rooms uh, next to each other and he would use the, the uh, bathtub. That would be his, uh, his de facto uh, bidet, you know, I guess. Okay, but you don't it.
0: think Joey Chestnut, after eating all of that, doesn't also need a bathtub.
1: Okay, well, there, there's no here's because I these guys get checked by medical professionals and all this stuff, you know, because they want to make sure. I mean, look, if you're the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Championship, which by the way, uh, ESPN apparently butchered the end of it. I saw the I saw the taped version, uh, but apparently the original broadcast, ESPN butchered the end of it. The feed went out or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I you know, and then also ESPN's got this thing going on. A Little piece of advice for ESPN, right? And just people that work at ESPN. Just a little, little free advice here. There was a, uh, a report out that uh, Rachel Nichols had some disparaging comments for Maria Taylor uh, right. on ESPN. Yeah. Racist. Uh, th- this, is, this is all I'll say. If you're going to have disparaging comments about each other, do what brady quinn and i do and save it for on the air so we can at least get a couple segments out of it (laughs) seriously like at least get a couple like if we're gonna if we're gonna disparage each other we don't do it behind each other's backs we do it on the air so we can get some
0: content out of the thing
1: like like (laughs) like like think show first and then and then bring the personal stuff into it so if you're gonna make comments about everything's entertainment
0: even when it's real life talking about people's lives their livelihood Everything's entertainment. That's Damn right. right it is, man. Yeah. Like, like, turn, uh-huh.
1: like, turn it into a bit if need be. But there, so these guys get at the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Championship. I know, I know they get med- seen by medical professionals. They want to make sure everything's fine. Okay, you, you know Man Vs. Food? You ever seen that show, Man Vs. Food? I, uh,
0: I, I know what the show is about. Okay. I never watched it because I was, I mean, I, I really wasn't that vicious.
1: Okay, well, yeah. so this guy, so Man versus Food, they travel around the country, they go to a city, and they try three different things. You know, they try a breakfast spot, they try, a, you know, a place for lunch that's got a good menu, and then they do this, this giant challenge, and the challenges are insane. It's everything from super spicy stuff uh, to a, a, a cheeseburger wrapped in a in a birthday cake, and and like all these crazy, crazy challenges. Sometimes he wins, sometimes he doesn't. The original guy, Adam Richman, I, I remember hearing a story that he had to stop doing the show. Because he was having major intestinal issues from all the food. (laughs) Because he was traveling across the country and he was eating this ungodly amount of food or super spicy food or really, really sugary desserts. And he was having problems. So he had to stop doing the show. At some point, I know these guys are getting seen by medical professionals. You don't think Joey Chestnut's looking at himself going... You know the clock's ticking on this body faster than I and a lot of people realize. There's got to be issues the next day. Later on in the day, you don't think he feels he feels normal? I, I just I don't I don't it, see it.
0: It's probably like a marathon. I mean, I've never run one. God willing, I probably never will. Okay, um, who wants? But to? for those that have, you always hear that the next day it's awful. It's just awful, the way their body feels and everything else. But so back to Chestnut. The most interesting thing, I think, about him, as my dad and I were texting each other during and watching it, my dad, who's a connoisseur of hot dogs, uh, he seems to be impressed by it. Oh, Chopper. Chopper seems to be impressed by it. That's my guy. Your your dad and I, we bonded. That's right. No, Chopper bonds with a lot of people, though, so that's not unique to you. But Chopper did say, we're talking about it, he goes, He goes, Chops, there's no one even close to this guy. He goes, doesn't that kind of take away the thrill or take away the, the whole competitive manner of it? Now, he set a world record, right? He got 76. And I think there's an argument to be made for this. Like, when you have competition where it takes you down to the last two minutes of a game or the final seconds of a game and you've got to hit a shot, you've got to do something, it's easy to be motivated in that moment. Like, those are the moments that, as kids, we grow up thinking about. Like, I remember in my backyard shooting hoops and constantly counting down on three, two, one, and shooting just like Mark Price and the Cavs did versus the Bulls when they probably lost. But I remember practicing those moments. But no one practices to, to do what he's doing where he's crushing the competition by so much. He's literally in a league of his own. And he's got to push himself to basically try to break a record like you know, getting, eating 76 hot dogs, not because he's got to be worried about Kobayashi or someone else coming up. There is no competition. I, I, just, I, I kind of find it interesting that he still wants to do it, he still dominates the way he does in it because yeah. outside of sponsorships, man, like what's it's the gross, intrigue? Man. I don't know. It can't be fun.
1: I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, it d- does not seem fun at all. Like I don't, it's, it's like, you know, ultra marathons, you know, I know people like to push themselves, but you mentioned yeah. marathons, yeah. like those hundred, hundred mile marathons. What's fun about that? Like, like, uh, like what, like my I feet mean, would explode with, with yeah. my foot issues. My feet would explode if I did a hundred mile marathon.
0: Unbelievable. The All only right. thing left on my foot would be the metal inserts that are in there right now. <laughs> like, I would be running on metal That's inserts. Insane. The rest of my bones and skin and everything else just fade away.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox, this is Outkick the Coverage here on Fox Sports Radio. So listen, we try to tell you um, – uh, it, we this show does one thing better than anybody else we nurse hangovers uh, if you've got one uh, this is the show to turn to we're going to get you through this thing it's going to be a rough couple hours for you as you try to get to work if some of you are working whatever the case may be we're working and we're working hard for you because we're trying to get you through this hangover and have, make you have a, uh, a a better monday than you were planning on when you originally woke
0: up this this is outkick the coverage Everyone's okay, right? In a, in our crew, like no one no one lost a finger, no one lost a hand, any sort no. of firework malfunction. Every, everyone's good.
1: Yeah, everyone's good. good. I, I think okay. every, I think I think people handled it responsibly. Look, well, here's when Roberto. You gonna...
0: did, did, did Roberto good? I'm
1: good. Yeah, uh, yeah Roberto's. Who, who the hell knows with him? I mean, look, he was. You know, there's there's you know footage of uh, Fourth of July uh, with Roberto and, and company. And uh, my God, it looks like a war zone, <laughs> like a legitimate war zone. Uh, I don't know. I mean, did it... I mean? Can you imagine being a dog. In that neighborhood last night, like, like, what a dog's like. like if you ever, if you ever wanted to know uh, whether or not a dog would become a drug addict, he would after last night because anything to numb the pain. <laughs> somebody, somebody there. posted a
0: sign saying, "Respect the dogs, get out of here." It's Fourth of July. Oh, my, my dog doesn't mind them. My dog's not impacted whatsoever by fireworks. Yeah, well, listen, I, there's a lot of
1: dogs who want nothing to do with fireworks. It's it's look, it's uh, you know, it's, it's dicey out there, man. But but again, well,
0: especially in Roberto's neighborhood, the way they light those things off, yeah, My yeah, that's yeah,
1: it is. Uh, it's it like did. the grand
0: finale for two hours straight. <laughs> Five, six, it
1: is. Yeah, it is. Uh, all right, so Brady Quinn, um, you have uh, you you say that there's a Pro Bowler uh, in the NFL who apparently wants to be forgotten now. Yeah. Uh, I am not uh, up to speed. Uh, you are you are the master of the radio tees. You are the stripper of sports talk radio. All you do is tees. So uh, fill in the blanks here. Who is this pro boulder that wants to be forgotten that we are
0: discussing here on Fox Sports Radio? So there was a. It's a former NFL tight end, Vernon Davis, uh, a guy who I, I think might have been my draft class, or maybe he was the. You know, he was a class before me, but I think we were actually the same class in college. Uh, but a Pro Bowl tight end had a great career, uh, but he's transitioned now into acting, and and his comments are that you know he wants to be known as an actor, he doesn't want to be viewed as a football player. And he pointed out the likes of a Terry Crews, which I don't know that any, any people in the younger crowd know Terry Crews for being a football player. Yeah. He was. You know, The Rock. The Rock had played at the University of Miami. I don't know that many people associate him with that, but he was, uh, he was at the U. So there's plenty of other you know, people you could point to, Thomas Jones, Thomas Jones, the former NFL running back, he's in a ton of stuff. Yeah. He's in a ton of movies, and he had a good career, but like no one really relates seeing him in the movies to you' like, "Oh yeah, that's that NFL running back." So you know Vernon Davis has taken on this challenge. He's trying to do it. He, he really says that he'd love to be doing things in the like of the rock, which is, you know like, I, I did a marketing deal with him. Uh, well, we were a part of a company called EAS, a supplement company. So I, I got to spend a decent amount of time around Vernon. Great guy, great dude. Uh, we trained a little bit together, too. Obviously an extremely freaky athlete. Uh, but – I never really saw that side of him, you know. I never saw that side of him walking around talking to him that he would want to be as animated or want to be doing different things like The Rock has done in his acting career. But more power to him. I just think, especially if when you have a career like his, he was drafted high. Uh, he played 14 seasons. Yeah, uh, he did play in a couple Super Bowls. It's kind of hard to overcome that. Like the biggest difference between Terry Crews and The Rock and Vernon Davis is. Those guys didn't have as memorable of a of a football career and so then it's not as hard to overcome like I'm not going to take any shots at like any certain college analysts, but there, there's some prominent ones that you know they didn't have much of a career and so it's easier for you than to look at them and say, oh they're a college football analyst they're not like a former quarterback of this and that sometimes that can actually work for you and I think it has in the case of, of some guys in that realm and I think that's going to be the hard thing for Vernon Davis in overcoming you know that, that attachment or that identity that is professional football
1: was Vernon Davis was he? Kyle Pitts before Kyle Pitts because you remember when he came out the big talk about Vernon Davis was this guy's a freak athlete I mean he like I I still remember the discussions about him at the combine I think he he ran like a sub 4-4 of 40 and he's a he's a pretty big dude and and like all of his measurables they just said I mean this guy there's not a, a lot that he can't do and it just reminds me a lot of the conversation that was had about Kyle Pitts when he came into the draft this year
0: yeah Vernon, well, so Vernon and I go way back, because we had played in a uh, high school all-American game together, and we used to split him out like that. Like I remember back and in, in that it was down in San Antonio, Texas, was the U.S. Army All-American game. We used to split him out as a wide receiver back then, because he could do all of that. I, I can't remember what he ran in, as a 40-yard dash, but I'm pretty sure he was at least a four-4 guy, if maybe not a little bit faster. I think four, three, eight is what I saw. Yeah, I think that, that sounded Jesus about right. Because I remember God. watching him run being like, my God, that guy's <laughs> that big that fast Four, in high three, school. Eight. And he could run like that. Like, that was back in high school before he went to Maryland. And then coming out of there, I'm going, okay, I, I see what's going on here. Um, he, I, I would say he was probably, I wouldn't say the Kyle Pitts before Kyle Pitts. I would say he was really one of the first tight ends that truly had that unique mismatchability because of his size, power, strength, and speed. Like, you could do what, where, you could put him wherever you wanted to. I mean, hell, you could have given him a toss sweep, and he probably would have been able to do a lot with the football. So, yeah, I, I would say, you know, if you want to call him Kyle Pitts before Kyle Pitts, sure. But I think he was kind of in and of himself, like his own freakiness as an athlete. And I think that's another thing that kind of works against him, again, is, you know, he was a guy that was highly regarded. And I think it's going to be hard to overcome again—not that stigma, but just that identity that is a professional football player.
1: Yeah, and I th- look a lot of these guys. You mentioned Thomas Jones. Um, there's also like The Rock has talked about it to where, you know, at some point you cease being the professional wrestler and then you just become the actor. And and if you get to a point to where you're successful enough, that's what people look at you as. Like I, I always think this, and when we had this discussion, I think on on Sunday nights, as far as far as post-playing career turned just analyst, has anybody done it better than Charles Barkley? Like, is because I think there's a lot of people who don't don't think of Charles Barkley the player anymore. They think about right. him as the analyst.
0: Yeah. I, I think and, and he's I, a Hall of Famer, which again yes. to his credit, like he's been able to. He's got the, as people would say, he's got the credentials. But the way he's transitioned now, people, I mean, it's, it's he's must TV. It's appointment television. There's not as many guys who are able to have both like that. And, and that yeah, you're right. That, that's the challenge. And I, but I think the easy part for Chuck is, is he's genuine. Like, that's the biggest yeah. thing that I think in, in the world, at least, of broadcasting is so many people and guys go into it thinking, like, I need to be what these executives want me to be or I need to be what I see in TV or I'm going to try to mimic this other person – and it just doesn't come off as natural or genuine. And and then the other thing you have to take into account is that you're not going to be as good. Like the the reality is, you're probably not going to be as good in whatever that next thing is as you were at your sport. I mean, and, and I and I hate to like you know rain on anyone's parade, but when you are one of the most elite at something in this world, it's harder to then be also elite at something else yeah. in this world. Like, it really, really is, or at least takes time to build that. And that's where I think, like, Chuck is such a rarity or I should say Charles Barkley, but he's such a rarity uh, as it relates to how he's transitioned and, and, and where he's at in his career with all this.
1: Well, I also think, like, John Madden. People forget John Madden was, was a great coach. Like, John Madden won, won a Super Bowl, Was you know had great teams when it came to the Raiders, and then walked away from it, became one of the great broadcasters of all time. Similar, because he did it his own way. It, he, there, it was unique. Uh, nobody else was doing it the way that John madden was doing it and then struck up the deal with the video game which you know we can mock video games all we want madden like it's it's not even people don't call it Hey, you play that nfl game anymore they call it madden it's like nobody calls it tissues they call it kleenex you know what i mean like like he's completely changed the game so when it comes to successful post careers If you can get to Barkley and Madden's level, you're on to something. And by the way, I completely forgot that Vernon Davis was on that Super Bowl team with the Broncos a few years ago. I forgot about that.
0: Yeah. So he's a Super Bowl champ, too. Yep. I mean, I mean, and, and again, so a top 10 pick, 14 seasons, a Super Bowl champ. He'd been the two, right? He went to one of the San Francisco 49ers yes, yep. when they lost to Baltimore. But it, it's it's just, it's hard to overcome that. But again, he's, you know, hopefully he has the opportunity to play a bunch of different roles and kind of figure out what, what his niche is and, you know, and catch on in all of this. I, I, I do think it's kind of an interesting time to be getting into to film, but just because there's so much up in the air with the way that studios are now and and digital content that's out there and everything else i I guess you'd say there's more maybe opportunity but maybe it's hard to really be truly great or be looked at as you know like look at what the rock has done for himself yeah it's going to be hard to build that sort of career uh i think given today's age of of what's going on in film just in that whole industry
1: uh his brother vante he's the one who walked out at halftime right
0: that was the. Uh, uh, I think, I think <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't don't, don't yeah. Half-time. Don't quote me on that. that <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all. That you was on this One.
1: Listen, Vonte yeah. Davis walked out at halftime. I think he was a member of the Bills, wasn't he? Like I, I think I have that correct. Was Davis... was it Bills or Colts? Um. Oh God, what was it? Let me let me. I I, I want to look. I thought it was the Bills. I, th- I thought it was the Bills because I think he played a long time with the, with the Colts, but I thought he walked out at halftime. Yeah, it, it, he walked out as a member of the Bills at halftime and just never came back. Just decided, I'm, that's it,
0: I'm over. Like, I'm leaving and just bailed. Which <laughs> just might, bailed. might possibly be the greatest retirement of all time. It is great. Like someone in that moment is like, I'm just done with this. You know, <laughs> I'm just, I don't want it anymore. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you retired at halftime uh, a couple of years ago of a Bills game. Just decided uh, that's it for me, guys. I don't want to, you know, save the halftime speech and just watch. Okay, as a teammate, would that piss you off?
0: No, because I think the NFL game requires uh, something different. It really does. I've said this all the time. Like it's, it's such a different mindset, even from you know high levels in college. When you get to the NFL, there's a seriousness about it, there's an intensity about it where you have to be in a certain frame of mind. I think even as quarterback, you know you have to realize that there are 300 plus pound men who want to hit you with bad intentions, and I know they've done all they can to like make it safer, uh, so quarterbacks don't face the brunt of that, and they're more protected in the pocket. That still doesn't change the demeanor of how defensive players operate. You know when you think about how defensive players are, are incentivized—it's sacks, it's sack fumbles, it's getting the football, it's interceptions—it's all those things that come along with it. So when they're coming at you, they're coming at you with bad intentions, and it's different because they're trained to be able to punish you and get that football out. You know, in in, in college, you, you see the difference in tackling too, right? You'll see guys just try to get a guy down or just try to tackle a guy, make an open field tackle. In the NFL. They are trained where the first guy isn't necessarily even trying to get him down. He's trying to hold him up. So the next guy comes in and punches the football out. Yeah. It's like a completely different mentality, unless you're facing Derrick Henry, and then you just don't want to be put up on a, on some sort of highlight reel. So you're just trying to get him out of bounds because one guy's probably not going to bring him down. You got to gang tackle him, which is is nearly impossible. But it's just a different mentality, different game. So I, I would have no problem with it. Because the other thing is, is, he only might be a liability at some point in the game if he's playing with lack of effort or he's not fully into it. This is Outkick the Coverage.
1: guests. So if you're Aaron Donald, tell me which one of these names offends you more. So the the MVP odds are out. And we talked about, you know, there's some value uh, in the fact that you've got Dak Prescott at, at a plus 1500. Matt Stafford, if this is a narrative based award and a lot of this stuff is, those two guys are going to have a lot of positive momentum and narrative behind their names. Um, a guy on Twitter also uh, just sent a screenshot. He's already made a bet after our discussion last segment on Matt Stafford to win the MVP. So now we need Matt Stafford to win the MVP because I don't want to cost people money here on the show. Show. That's the last thing I want to do. So now I, I am now uh, committed, pot committed without actually being pot committed to Matt Stafford winning the MVP because listeners took our advice, our bad gambling advice and went with Matt Stafford. But Aaron Donald, you mentioned it. Um, top three all around player in the NFL. No, no, no. He
0: he is the best all around player in the NFL.
1: All right, so so number one, best player in the NFL. Which one of these, if you were uh if you were Aaron Donald, which one of these names ahead of you in the MVP odds would offend you the most? All right. Carson Wentz, Jameis Winston, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, or Jalen Hurts? Which one of those that are all considered to be more likely to be an MVP next year than Aaron Donald would you take most offense
0: to? Wow. It, it's, it, there's three, three that stood out to me. Dalvin Cook, for starters, is tremendous. So that's not offensive by any means. But Wentz, who obviously got benched, but is playing in a different place now. He's in a good situation and... He was playing at a level at one point in his career that was close to an MVP. If he would have stayed healthy that entire season, probably would have won the MVP three or four years ago. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to remove Wentz from the list. I don't think that offends him quite as much. It's really down to Winston and Hurts. And Winston, who wasn't even a starter last year, but is in a good situation in New Orleans, but he's still got to win a quarterback competition. But he's thrown for over 5,000 yards. He's led the league in passing before. So he showcased the ability to throw, you know, 30 touchdown passes over 5,000 yards. He's a former number one pick. So I think within that system, he could be actually a guy that could be like a long shot that, you know, maybe ends up winning it. A good story. It hurts to me that I think he's just probably shaking his head. Because, you look, even though he started for a short period of time, And we're assuming he's going to be the starter for this upcoming season. It doesn't make much sense. It really doesn't. I mean, I understand his dual threat ability, his ability to run. He hasn't showcased the ability to throw at the level at the NFL that would even come close to that award. So I think that's the one that probably bothers him most, even though, again, Winston Wentz, those those others probably bother him as well.
1: Yeah. And uh, by the way, Deshaun Watson is a uh, plus four thousand uh, to win uh, MVP. Um, I can let me just go ahead and uh, spoiler alert. And I'm not trying to uh, to give away the end of the movie here, but let me just go ahead and give you give you uh, the ending to this movie. Um, a Deshaun Watson's not winning the MVP because B Deshaun Watson's not playing 17 games this upcoming season. I don't care what anybody says. The NFL can, can stall on this and delay talking to him all they want. There's not a shot in hell that he plays every single game in the NFL next season. Zero chance. So if you have money on Deshaun Watson to win the MVP, you can go ahead and flush that bad boy because it ain't happening, Brady
0: Quinn. Which, which brings us to our longstanding question of what the hell is going on with the <laughs> NFL don't, don't and their it. investigation into Deshaun Watson and, and all of this. I mean, it is, I, I really don't get it either. I, it, I really don't. I'm it, not sure how it's gotten to this point.
1: It Major League Baseball stepped in right away, or not right away. There's some some people are critical of what they did with Trevor Bauer, but they have stepped in and said, "All right, he's be- putting, being put on paid leave. We're not going to send him out there with all this stuff hanging over his head until we get some resolution here and we get to the bottom of what is going on. We're not going to send him out there to go pitch." Still. All this stuff is happening. You've got 20-something cases against Deshaun Watson. you got, you got another 30 that have his back. So, again, it, it brings up you know, the, the big question of, you know, I don't have uh, 50 mechanics. I don't have 50 uh, hairstylists. Uh, for some reason, he needed 50 massage therapists. Who knows? Listen, uh, everybody's body works differently. Uh, maybe he's got, uh, got one for, uh, for each muscle. I have no idea. But point being, all this stuff is happening and the NFL is just going to roll right into the season, and we're just going to expect that, uh, you know, like training camps kicking off in, what, two, three weeks from now? we got the, the preseasons kicking off in a little over a month from now, and we're just going to let this thing hang over everybody's heads and, and, and send them into the season? I don't get it. What, what's
0: the delay? What's the stall job here? I mean, here's the hypocrisy of the NFL. If they really were about the integrity of the game and, and wanting to make sure there's parity, et cetera, they would have provided clarity – much sooner with what their actions are going to be, whether they're going to put them on the exempt list or not do anything. I mean, you would have figured they would have done this being that they've never allowed what happens in a court of law to ultimately factor into all this because we know how long the uh, judicial system may be sometimes. And so because of that, they've usually decided to put a guy on the, the administrative list and give him paid leave for that period of time, the commissioner 's list, excuse me and, and that 's usually been their route. I have no idea why they 're not doing that at this point. They can always bring him back off of that if they get more clarity if there 's a settlement any of this it 's mind boggling that they haven 't done anything up to this point, but you know for some reason now, the NFL, besides being so transparent like they used to be with these sorts of investigations. Has become very tight-lipped about everything, and so. Th- but that's the thing that bothers me is it's so hypocritical for them to be like, "Well, yeah, you know, you want to put every team in the best possible chance to win." How is this helping the Houston Texans? Whether it's to trade him, or if they can figure out a way to get him to want to come back and play for them, either way, it hurts the Houston Texans the longer they move forward without any sense of clarity whatsoever.
1: Does David Coley even bother unpacking? honest question like do you even bother unpacking <laughs> at this point like it's like you, when you get, when you're doing a one-night stay at a hotel does anybody actually take their clothes out of their bag you just go like yeah. i'm not going to be here that I, long.
0: I, look I, i'm the type of person that does that and the reason being is because you'd like to think that you want to get settled in and, and you want to operate like you normally would even if you're not staying that long yeah of course i think he's got to believe that they're going to be able to build this thing and come out on the other side. Whether they can or not, if he doesn't unpack, I think he's already admitting defeat. I think I think he's already admitting that uh, you know he's not you know he's not going to be able to get the job done there. I don't think anyone wants to actually admit that, whether they're thinking their head or not.
1: Uh, all right, so let's. Uh, y- there is apparently um, somebody that is going to be a winner, even though they're not. Uh, even though regardless of what happens in the NBA Finals, if the Suns win, if the Bucks win, Brady Quinn, you've identified uh, somebody that is going to be a winner no matter what. All right, so who is this somebody? All right, so what's the big unveil? Somebody's going to get a ring no matter what. Please explain. Who is this somebody? What are we talking about here?
0: Yeah, well, the, the, the biggest thing right now is not fully know, knowing you're going to go into this tease is there's a player that actually started this season on the Bucks? And has now moved to play for the Phoenix Suns. And so no matter what, he will be receiving a ring, whether he wins with the Suns, or even if he loses to the Bucks, at some point since he was on the roster at the beginning of the season. Now, his uh, his name escapes me at the moment because I was ne- never given <laughs> warning we were actually gonna do this okay. segment right now. Right, so, but, no, but just but, tremendous big, radio for him. Okay, you.
1: but big picture here. All right, big picture. I can't stand that rule. I think it's dumb you win, if you are on the team when your team wins an MB, a championship you get a ring. This idea that we're going to retroactively hand out rings because somebody was on the roster week 1 doesn't make any sense. Like it, like it it makes no sense whatsoever and it happens all the time. I think Nomar Garcia-Para got traded away from the Red Sox. They won a World Series and I think they voted on him getting a ring. If I was Nomar, I'm not I'm not accepting that ring. I don't, want any, I, don't want, I don't want your ring. I was not even on the team. I didn't play. I, I, I was a bad high school football player. I tell you this, somebody who never played. When they brought out food after the game, I never ate because I didn't play. It, so I'm not going to accept a championship ring just because I was on the roster week one or at the beginning of the season and my team went on to win a championship. Yeah. Clearly, I wasn't there to help. That's why they got rid of me.
0: Uh, by the way, thank you for the help behind the scenes. Torrey Craig is, is the yeah. basketball player. I think it was
1: Torrey Craig. Is yeah. the guy Torrey
0: Craig, of. I think, yeah. is who it was. Who, was, yeah, who it was with the Bucks earlier this season yeah. and, and now with the, uh, the Phoenix Suns. But I'm, I'm with you on that. I remember someone asked me because I was with the Seahawks back in 2013 and they ended up going on to win the Super Bowl that year. And someone goes, hey, are you going to get a ring? I was like, first off. Why in God's name would I get a ring? I wasn't, there in any, I wasn't with them at any point in time during the season. In fact, I was on another team helping to prepare to beat them at a later point in that season. <laughs> Why would I ever be given a ring when I was doing the best I could to help run scout team and talked about their scheme to our players and coaches to help the new team that I'm on win? Why, why would I ever get a ring for that? Even though I loved my time in Seattle, I didn't deserve it. It didn't make any sense. And I would never accept one even if someone tried to present one to me. I'd, I'd be like, no thanks. Give that to someone else within the organization that worked with that team the entire year, has been there forever, that deserves it more than me. So, yeah. I, again, Tory Craig will get one whether or not he wants it or not but it's kind of an interesting position to be in you don't usually see something like that happen in professional sports
1: well and here's the other one if you if so say somebody plays uh is on a team um that wins a super bowl this is how i would feel and maybe this is me just you know uh not wanting to cut corners whatever the case is if i was on a team that won a super bowl And I played every single game of that season, and I played all the playoff games, but for some reason, when it came to the Super Bowl, I suited up but never took a snap, I wouldn't accept my ring. I I need at least one snap. I, whether kickoff, punt, uh, you need somebody to hold, uh, anything. I need at least one snap to feel like I earned that ring. So Bernie Kosar is a Super Bowl champion, and I credit him as a Super Bowl champion because he took a kneel down at the end of a Cowboys Super Bowl back in the 90s. And that counts to me. I need at least a kneel down. Has to happen. Okay. Yeah, I'm just letting you know. Yeah. So if, we, if you and I go on to win a Super Bowl together, I need at least one play. I need one yeah, play. Yeah, that, that,
0: that's not going to happen. But, uh, it, but if that is the case, I'll go in and start, and then you can get the kneel down at the end. All right,
1: there you go. That's all I want. That's it. Just one play so I can feel validated. Oh, oh, oh,
0: O'Reilly.